Let's talk the Snyder Let's cut. Talk Zack Snyder. I I took notes again. You did? Yeah. It's it's funny to like this is a stupid thought to have, but uh, it's crazy that giving someone four hours to make a movie makes a movie better. You know what I mean? Like I saw that's su- such a stupid like no sh- like no yeah right yeah of course it is you idiot like yeah of course giving someone four like no one thinks like oh four hours isn't enough like everyone's everyone will if you say four hours is gonna make a two hour movie better every single person will go well yeah of course it will. But then you watch the Snyder Cut, and you have that thought anyway, and you're like, this made this movie a lot better. I saw, Having too. four hours to, to flesh things out. I saw that his original vision... So, and this was just a headline. I should I should have read the article. Yeah. Shame on me, Shame Gus. on you. But basically... You buffoon. He originally planned the movie to be about two and a half hours long. Right. And then they, like... Stole it from him and gave it to right. Joss Whedon, and he was like, "Fuck it, my version is going to be four hours long." Well, he, well, his I think like his, he he basically was like, "If if you're not going to want my original vision, I'm going yeah. to make it 100 percent completely mine." Well, I like, I think no more like you have no more say. Even at the at the beginning, his original vision was to cut it up into two movies, was to have you well, know, it's around four it, hours it of content. Could end up being a trilogy cut if cut they into if two, they want it back. Hour. But no, like he wanted to, yeah, it could have been a trilogy, but he wanted the first part to be a two-part cut because yeah. he wanted those four, maybe even longer, like his original vision could have been longer. And he wanted it to be cut up. And then Warner Brothers was like, no, 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 you got to cut this down to a normal movie runtime. How many parts were in the movie? Was it six? Six and an epilogue. Okay. But the I think the epilogue was some that was an original idea he came up with once he kind of got the idea that oh I I'm going to get to I'm going to get to do whatever I want with this. I think the epilogue was a little bit of that 70 million he dropped on gotcha. you know on new stuff. Most of the most of the money they dropped was on taking his original ideas in his original cut and getting the CGI in, you know, getting getting all that stuff kind of prepped and paying editors and stuff like that. But a little bit of it was, you know, him going, I want to throw an epilogue in here. Because I think only, like, of the new stuff he shot, only, like, two and a half minutes is in the movie. It's only, like, two and a half minutes worth of content. And then the rest of the money... It was all done already. The rest of the money went into post-production and actually getting stuff to look like a movie. the epilogue also, like... I would watch that just as a short film. Oh, absolutely. It was so dude, that so that good. might be my favorite part of the movie and it was about like it was completely detached from the movie. Right. Right. It was awesome. It was like a, it was like a continuation of Batman v Superman when he had that original vision of that world. Yeah, the the dream or whatever. Right. It was yeah. kind of like a continuation of Bruce Wayne having these nightmares that are affecting how Did he's you, actually, you know, making decisions and and trying to do things did you notice too not that we should just start with the end we'll get to the the yeah, whole thing we'll get but we'll get through it all the when when the joker talks about batman losing an adopted son yeah this is i don't know how much you've looked into like the backstory of the joker before yeah oh, I've, but I've done some i've done some here's, digging here's the thing there's yeah. so many versions of the joker mm-hmm. one of them by the way is that the same man who is Robin becomes the Joker? Usually, I think it's Dick Grayson. I yes, I, I think, think you're right. It is, but who becomes the Joker. Also, there is a version of Robin who is Batman's adopted son, mm-hmm. Damian Wayne, mm-hmm. which that blew my mind when he said that because just that alone, bringing up Batman's adopted son. And it's being said by the Joker, and he's talking about losing an, an adopted son. Right. That opens up so many wormholes, It, it raises bro. so many questions and plants so many freaking It raises seeds. so many questions about who in in the Zack Snyder world of, yeah. of the Justice League. The Justice League, yeah. Who the Joker is. Right. Also, can I just say, this, this Leto version of the Joker is actually quite compelling. And I watched it and went, man, if this was the Joker we saw in Suicide Squad, 
How like I think that's I like, think that's like I, a, that is a game changing. I'm not very compelled by uh, Jared Leto's acting. Right. I, I, like I don't. I do not think him as the Joker, even this new darker version. Right. Don't think it's that great. Mm-hmm. I just. I just don't think I like him as the Joker. As the Joker. But like this this version that Zack Snyder just barely introduced us to. Right. Right. Where he's like being drug along by by Deathstroke and Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck is like, going on? What the on? hell is happening? Like the script <laughs> the script he got elevated his performance to the point where I was like, this would be yes. some compelling yes. shit it to kind see of, unfold. Kind of makes me, seeing Joker and Deathstroke together also kind of makes me wish Zack Snyder would do Suicide Squad. Like Dude, a version of it. That would be cool. Dude, I man, I think it... I think because there are new executives at Warner, really one of the big reasons this happened is because the execs at Warner Brothers who were involved with the original cut of Justice League are no longer the execs at Warner Brothers, right? Sure. They have new execs, new people running the show. That's one of the reasons why the Snyder Cut was even made possible. I really, I really think there's a good chance that his planned trilogy gets its 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 moment. In it the might, spotlight, it might get theatrical releases. I think there's a very good chance it happens. And after seeing <clears throat> this Snyder cut, I am, I am here for it because, I, just you know, we're we're six minutes into this, but I I gotta say this movie is is leaps and bounds, miles. Uh, it is so much better than the original cut we got. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uncompa- it's incomparable. Dude, how exactly much better it is. You well, that's the thing though. It's so much better, but you can't compare the two. Right. They are like they could not be more different. Right. But it's also crazy because it is the same movie. The same thing that happened in the in the Justice League happens in the Snyder Cut. Yes. This there's this it's the same end. The, you know the same characters, the same kind of kick like jump and off. Everything point. in between is different. But it still feels like a wholly different storytelling experience. Well, it dude, is insane. It's like that, I, having that feeling. It's like I told you, like watching this, watching the Snyder cut, going through it, seeing shots from the original. First of all, right. they they don't seem out of place. Nope. Like because the way that he integrated the shots that he did use from the original release, yeah. was pretty flawless. Right. Because they were his shots. Right. But <laughs> but. When when you see a shot that was in the original movie, it's just kind of like familiar to you, but it doesn't right. it doesn't stand out. Right. It's the same way as when you watch a trailer and then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, I I saw that part in the trailer. Well, like there, that's what it felt like. Like the uh-huh. first movie, I like watching it, it. I was very I almost like couldn't remember what happened in the first movie right. because I was watching this and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like it was so much more in depth, so much better put together. Right and and like. Dude, the exposition was better. Yep. The the visual storytelling was better. Oh my gosh. Like it dude. all it all came together in a way where I like I legitimately was having trouble like remembering how the first one went. Like right. where dude, I I saw this scene before, but like right. I don't remember how well, it, like and, where it was or what it did or Here's why. Because some of those scenes, I swear I swear to God, dude, some of those scenes that Snyder used in this movie that were in the previous movie are different cuts of the exact same scene with the exact same be, dialogue. Like, when characters say something that they said in the first movie, it felt like Snyder at used his take of that oh, scene. Oh, yeah. Right? Whereas Joss Whedon had them go back and retake it and told the actors, say it a little more this way. Right? Right. And I, I there were at least three or four moments in this movie where I was like, "That's the exact. those are the exact same lines from the Whedon but cut. But this is different. But they're saying it differently, and it feels different. And I don't know. And I, I, I went and I, I went and rewatched some of it again, some of those moments again. And I was like, it's, it's, it has to be because Snyder took that scene and said, I'm going to use my cut, my take that I liked, and use that instead. Yeah. Same exact composition. Same. It's just it was take four instead of take Joss Whedon, right? right. Which is. That that was another added element that I think made the movie better because it made the movie it made the movie flow better because 
the way those scenes were re the the cut of those scenes that they used felt more in line with kind of the the um the tone of the movie that that Zack Snyder was trying mm-hmm. to set originally and that was one of the biggest problems with the Joss Whedon cut was it was it was like this horrible mixture of two different types of tones that two different types of creators were trying to set yeah right and that was one of the best things about the Snyder Well, I mean, cut. that's that's what it was, though. Right, like, right. It didn't. Feel, it, it felt like that because it was. Yeah, that, right? yes. And that's that's one of my. That was one of the things that I that I came out really appreciating about the Snyder cut was tonally, it felt way, way, way more rock solid. Mm-hmm. It felt like a tonally sound movie, like a movie that understood what it wanted to do, what it wanted to be, throughout. Four hours of runtime. That's a that's an that's an achievement in itself to have to be able to have four hours and then to take those four hours and create a story that feels the way it it wants to or even should across that entire runtime. That's a huge feat. That is a hard yeah. thing to do to have four hours of runtime and create a product that feels the same throughout the entirety well, of the runtime. I mean, and I don't want. I don't want people to think that this movie is without flaws because it's, oh, no, no. it's no. definitely not. And to be yeah. honest with you, a lot of the things that were shitty about the first one were shitty about this one too. Right. Like, uh, you know, it, it, it suffered from kind of some lengthy, unnecessary exposition. Like yep. I don't need to mm-hmm. hear Wonder Woman explaining the lasso of truth. Right. Like telling this bad guy yeah. that her lasso is making him want to tell the truth. Yeah. I don't care. I also don't need her narrating the whole dark side thing. Yeah. I thought I thought I the visual th- representation of like like how she, you know, kind of, you know, like went under the underneath this the monument where they they shot the arrow and she saw all these visual cues. Mm-hmm. Also that scene where she lights the torch and like yeah. brings it around. I watched that the first time I was like, god, like that's a that's a fucking that's a good shot right yeah. that's a good little sequence of shots right there that moment though that little moment was great here's what you can still and you can still show all the dark side stuff like him coming to earth the battle between all those people but you don't need you don't need wonder woman narrating that just right just just have her say i figured out what happened and bruce Wayne's like whoa, 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 what's going on and then you, you she's like <laughs> Nothing great, and then you cut to that. You have yeah. that moment. You don't need her going, they fought this and they did this as that's happening. Like right. you're explaining to me what I'm seeing. Yep. You and could you could have her narrate the beginning, like it was a dark time in the world and people weren't together, but they had they knew they had to combine forces to blah 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 and then show it. Like you don't need her constantly saying something the whole time, this whole little prologue is playing out in the middle of the movie it, well and i think it's, it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate and i won't take full credit for this because i read it somewhere wish i remember where i read it from but wonder woman benefited the least out of any of the characters yeah from the snyder cut she remained relatively she, the same she remained relatively the same and she just was basically there for exposition Right, um, and she was inserted into a lot of scenes, right, just so that she could talk. I I think at the time this was like, the the movie, as it was originally intended to be, was just kind of it was kind of supposed to be that kind of movie for Wonder Woman though, because the first Wonder Woman movie was supposed to come out later that year, mm-hmm. right? This movie came out in April of 2017, and Wonder Woman came out in like November, so it it had already been established that we're gonna kind of get a Wonder Woman movie very soon. So all like all, we're gonna this is gonna be her like screen time and right. then she'll get Zack Snyder's intention with Wonder Woman, I think, was show that she's a, a fucking badass and that she kind of can that she's good at like piecing things together. Yeah. That was the whole intent and and, and that, that she she and that understands played, history. She understands what's right. going on and, kind of in front and, of our heroes. And that's what that's what plays out in this movie. It, yeah. it is because like because cyborg and the flash and superman and batman and um not aquaman kind of suffers from this too and freaking alfred dude dude 
<laughs> Alfred gets some fucking moments, bro. <laughs> that shit was dope. It was so cool. Like, yeah. like the scene where he's with Diana. To, like, she's like trying to make tea, and he's like, "You don't. You might want to. You might want to. <laughs> don't. You know. Put put the, put the water in first. You don't. You don't want to. You don't yeah. want to scald the tea leaves." And then, like, he's also talking to her about like the the stuff, the armor he's building. Yeah. Like, Alfred is actually being Alfred in this movie. He's not just saying like quippy little one-liners every once in a while, yep. and then like popping up when they're battling someone. He's actually like doing stuff. He's like putting putting shit together and like fixing things. And he has a great moment with Superman too. Like, that was cool. That was amazing. Alfred Alfred was actually Dude, a character. You, even what was his name? Silas. Is that yes, Cyborg's dad? Cyborg's dad. Dude, he got he got his time too. He got a whole entirely new uh, Cyborg really benefited from this movie. Oh yeah. Holy shit. It turned him from just kind of like every like in the original cut it was Batman and Superman and then there were a bunch of side characters. Mm-hmm. In this movie it's Cyborg basically gets his own movie. As and does good, as dude, does the Cyborg Flash. Cyborg is one of the best characters in the Justice League. He is dude. now. He's fascinating. Oh yeah. It's insane. Like his whole backstory is well, and fascinating. It, beca- it becomes a like a straight up character study, right? And it's so right. cool that they that they were actually able to give him the the script that he deserves, the mm-hmm. the screen time he deserves, the backstory, the right. whole thing. He has an entire him and I think I think the Flash has a big arc in this movie. Like yeah. they both have actual like character arcs, and I think one of the reasons those two got kind of arcs like that compared to other characters is because. Like Batman, were kind of finishing his arc that was established in Batman well, v Superman. Well, we also know Batman. Superman, were finishing his arc that was started in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Aquaman and Wonder Woman are getting their own movies, so we just need to. We just for those two, we just kind of need to know who they are, yeah. right? Because we know other things are coming for them. But for Cyborg and Flash, at the time, there wasn't really any any solidified plans or. Or scripts or yes, pre-production like this, this in place. was their story. Right. This was kind of their introduction into the world. And it's fitting that they actually get a character or a legitimate character arcs in this movie. Right. Also, another another huge positive, I think, was was Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf actually felt like a compelling villain who wasn't just a, a what did I call him? A in the when we were doing well, the make him watch the chin, I think. I think I just I think it's I said his face just looked like a dried up ball sack. <laughs> but like in this movie, not only does he look more menacing, but he actually does much more menacing stuff throughout yeah. the runtime. And there's like a reason for him doing what he's doing. And you actually like you get moments of like, oh wow, this guy actually like this guy is like struggling to be the best version of himself, which when you think about a villain is a weird feeling to have right but that's what makes good villains compelling is is there's yes. something behind what they're doing whether it's whether it's you know struggling with with you know feeling like they're fulfilling their purpose or with someone like 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 thanos who is so compelled by his purpose that he like starts waxing poetic about how he's like this like this theocratic figure who knows better than anyone like Good villains have something behind what they're doing. Well, and right? that that I was gonna say something similar about Steppenwolf. How he, it's almost strange watching this villain get basically a full story where his purpose is to make up for past failures, to prove that he is not a failure. And in right. the end, we watch him fail, and we watch his struggle. And it's like a weird, it's this weird position that the viewer is put in, right? Where we're watching the villain, and I don't, I don't know that there was much like emotional attachment to him, but like, right. it's like it's like painful to watch. Even yeah. this villain, whose entire goal was to make himself look good, to to get back in the good graces of Darkseid, mm-hmm. and eventually he fails, and we see even that. Even this big bad villain of our particular movie, right? We see Darkseid just brush it aside as another failure, and like, right. like w- watching that that scene where Darkseid essentially says like onto the next one, right? Like next man up, right? Just completely, you know, when they like cut Steppenwolf's head off and it and and Darkseid flies does not through the care. portal and just steps on it like 
What a disappointment. Exactly. Like that, he was our villain. And I was watching that like, holy shit. Yeah. Like that's so like that's well, some deep stuff. It also it also creates this added this kind of added layer of like throughout this whole runtime we're like man Steppenwolf's doing some fuck like some fucked up shit to these people like yeah. he's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> and then at the very end we get this other villain come in who's just like you know Steppenwolf dies and he's like all right well guess I'll guess I have to do it now and you're like. It sh- well, and it is sh- this it sh- guy is this guy even badder than that bad it sh- guy? It that shows guy was the pretty, power of Darkseid. Yeah, that guy was pretty fucking bad, and now we have to deal with this. But guy? dude, not only that, but you—if you were to watch, like the difference between, in this case, the villain and the heroes. If you were to watch a, yeah. a hero whose entire life goal was to prove that they were worthy of w- whatever praise they're looking for, right? The the only difference is that the hero would succeed. Right. And this villain failed. Right. And, and, but somehow like knowing the difference between the hero and the villain, it doesn't make that better. Like I still was no. like, damn. Like, yeah. <laughs> like was, really? It, damn. It was still, it was still, it was compelling. <laughs> yeah. It turned Steppenwolf from like a one note kind of just boring ass, dumb villain into someone that you actually were like, oh, I'm excited to see what happens next. Like I want to see like, because you know, like, you know, in the end he's going to fail, but you you still watch this movie thinking like I'm, I'm compelled to see how it happens and like how people, like how people above him react to it. Cause the whole thing is set up as like, like you said, him trying to prove himself to someone who's more evil, but the whole time you're yeah. watching it, like, <laughs> like this, this is pretty, know, evil. this guy's pretty, he's pretty bad. <laughs> he's just kind of throwing people around and killing them. Yeah. Like that seems like a pretty bad guy to me. That was, that was one of my, absolute favorite parts about this new cut is the fact that I watched I I felt like the villain was something worth watching. Yeah, which was really really cool. Now, well, and and also like visually worth watching cuz he actually looked oh, good. Man. Like you could like you could like see like the fear of failure in his eyes. Yeah. You know, it was a weird thing to look at. I like, didn't Dude, I don't there was still there was still some like pretty bad CGI in this movie. Right. Well, and some of that was the fact that they were given seventy million dollars to put it together, and some scenes just didn't get as much like rendering like time, up. Yeah. basically like touch up. Yeah, um, so it, you know you're still kind of actually watching a, a but rough I, cut of the movie. I didn't, but I don't. And at, at first, I didn't really like the visuals, and and generally speaking, I don't really like the the visuals of most of today's dc movies like it just doesn't yeah it doesn't do it for me but like this one the the longer it went on i was like this like this film is actually very cinematic and yes. that like that word is thrown around so loosely when it comes to movies right <clears throat> i mean it is cinema after all but like this in in the truest sense of the word like this was art like this was oh yeah this was Zack Snyder's version of art mm-hmm. and it, it, we we saw these like huge sprawling landscapes every once in a while right. we also saw right. like these claustrophobic close-ups and mm-hmm. and the the use of color and the use of light is if you're y- you have to adjust your own like mindset to, right. to to right. really appreciate what he was doing with mm-hmm. that yeah and and it's not it's not so much different than the original but the, it's he expanded upon it right to to a degree that I don't think anybody was really expecting mm-hmm. and then adding in his his own um, aspect ratio to it yep like I'm sitting here watching on this TV and it's taking up like half the screen. Right. And to me, I was like, that's fucking dope. It was cool. Yeah. Like I, it's it's so cool. I rewatched it when I got home on an actual, like I watched it on, you know, I I flew out to Phoenix uh, last week. So I I watched it on the flight uh, to Phoenix and it was on my phone. I was like, this is, you know, it was even worse on my phone. Yeah. But when I actually got to like experience it on a legit TV, like a good size TV, it was I don't know. For some reason, it made the image seem more full, even though there were black bars 
yeah around each side of the image well and it from, was it wasn't distracting in any way like no, once once i no. i mean really from the start like, like it did like it did not first, bother me at all like i noticed maybe, it like 10 minutes i i completely i didn't even yep. think about it again it was really just the first 10 minutes because i was like i can't remember it, it was more of like a i can't remember the last time i watched a movie in this aspect ratio right like me thinking about it that the way the last it time i watched it was wandavision it was <laughs> true it wasn't me watching it like, oh, this is distracting. This kind of sucks. It was me like, when's the last time I watched like a big, like a big, big budget movie? Yeah. In this aspect ratio, I was just kind of thinking like, I don't think I ever. Had. Oh, and by the way, I would watch that movie in black and white in a heartbeat. A hundred percent. Wouldn't that be good? A hundred percent. That's this is one of the one Dude, of the that'd things. Be killer. One of the things I love about Zack Snyder is he shoots. The way he uses lighting in his films is very noir influenced. Yeah, and this it shows so much in this movie, and it would look so freaking cool in black and white to actually see that stark contrast between light and dark in each scene that's kind of so, playing out. What's so interesting though about his cinematography is that it's it's like you said it's it's very noir esque. Mm -hmm. It's very he shoots it almost as if you were going to watch it in black and white. Right. It it right. has the same you know, it has it has the same kind of is is like light tone. I don't even I don't know the terms in lighting. But it ha it has the same like shading yeah. as um, like Casablanca. Right. Or like as as minority report. But what mm -hmm. it does is it throws in these like bright oranges and reds right. and these like white hot blues that it's like right. The, his use of color mm -hmm. inside this noir type superhero film right. is like, I don't know, it's 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 refreshing. Mm -hmm. But if you're not if you're not ready for it, if you're not in the mindset for it, it right. can be a little bit jarring because right. it's not. There's really nothing else to compare it to. Right. That's I think the the the, the noir is is I think I'm getting this. I might be I might be way fucking wrong. It's been a while since I was in film school. Is it, you have low key lighting, with very high contrast yes. between light and dark. Right? Yes, and that's one. That's like so. If this movie were in black and white, those bright oranges and blue, You'd those see would, them as white. Those would be that that what plays into that high contrast, like that just bright beaming light in just this complete pitch black dark. Like you know, thirty percent right. of the frame is just that beam of light, and then everything else is dark that's, around it. That's why those dude. You know what it actually really reminds me of, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like throwing out. Yeah. So it, it reminds me of the shading of it reminds uh -huh. me of Casablanca. Yes. The the use of color reminds me of Minority Report, where they used mm -hmm. blue, he mm -hmm. used reds and oranges and like those like yellows, right? Like that kind of thing. Right. So like that that use of color in a noir. Uh huh. But really, like the closest I can think of is it reminds me of Sin City. Yes. It's it's mm -hmm. so similar. Right. And we're like almost like things are like Sin City is a great a, that's a that's a that's a pretty good comparison because in Sin City it's black and white until there's those just tiny little introductions of color yeah. into the frame and you're like, "Oh. Oh, that okay. Wow. That's noticeable." Yes. It's the same thing with this cut like things are I don't want to say muted because the color scheme is muted but it's it's used to really good effect. Mm -hmm. to when those vibrant colors do show up you're like oh my gosh this is a like this is a very noticeable change in in kind of the 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 tone in the color scheme it, it's a it's a a noticeable moment for a good reason mm -hmm. you know it, it cues you into something different happening or something kind of changing in the landscape yeah right? wherever we are at, in in that time dude i gotta pee can we can we take a can we take like a five minute break that's true. Because I think we little, got a, we got a couple more things to talk about. A little potty break. Yeah, a little a little. Don't, you don't no, I'm gonna to, cut that part out. <laughs> also, listen here, you little shit. <laughs> I think we gotta plug the iPhone up too. All right, I got this. I got a, a long ass. I got a bald head. I live, bitch. I live for 10 foot phone charging. I just thought it was Okay. Holy shit. I mean, I've been in one before, but I'm pumped. 
All right, let's finish talking about the Snyder Cut, and then we'll solve my we'll solve my girl problems. So we were you're plugged in, yeah. We were talking about um, the color. Yes. The how he uses very vibrant colors mixed with. We ended very, on Sin City. Yeah, the comparison to Sin City. I think that's totally, totally accurate. And that's I think that's one of the reasons why this movie would look really good in black and white because. That sh- there wouldn't obviously if it were in full black and white there wouldn't be any there wouldn't be any of that color but that contrast that super stark contrast would be there mm-hmm. kind of like what you see in Sin City with how they use black and white I think that well would- and you can I mean you can almost <clears throat> in a sense you can almost still establish color by like context clues I don't know if that makes sense but you know how you know how Mad Max did their like chrome version. Yeah, I actually have that. You could still like sort of get an idea of like what the colors should be, like what right. the lighting, like how should vibrant be. it, it, it the which colors is like are. it's a strange thing to say, mm-hmm. but like I feel like you could get that same effect watching this right. in black and white. And I'm the reason I'm <clears throat> the reason I'm bringing up all these different examples is because I don't want like I don't want somebody to hear me say that it would look cool in black and white and think like. Wizard of Oz, because like that's not the right. type of black no, and no, white no. we're talking about right. at that all. Is not the type of yeah we're talking. You like you Mad you Max almost Fury Road in black. And white, you almost right? have to see this in color to then understand like or how be, like, it would look in black. Right, and white. be able to appreciate how how good it would look. Right, dude. By the way, Mad Max Fury Road, the black and chrome is awesome. Really, I have it on I have it on Blu-ray. Oh, it, sick. dude! It is. So, are we watching that soon? I'd love to. I haven't. I've. I've never watched the black and chrome it's, version. It's pretty. It's. It's just. It's so vibrant in its own way. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy. It's so cool, dude. One of the things I, I know we're, we keep saying this movie isn't without its flaws, and we keep talking about the positives. But honestly, like it, it was one of those movies, kind of like like what we were talking about with like Pirates of the Caribbean, where regardless of its flaws. I enjoyed watching it so much that I just didn't really care about sure. the flaws. And there, there are flaws that had already like been established in prior Zack Snyder movies anyway. I think the and reason I think the reason why I'm I maybe was able to look past the flaws mm-hmm. is well, first of all, because we watched Justice League a week ago. And we watched Justice League. <laughs> the Justice League. I'm just starting. I'm just gonna call we, the original cut Justice because League because we watched Justice League a week ago. Right. So like obviously this is going to be better compared to that. Right. But also part of that is like I already said, the, uh, it shares a lot of the same flaws. So the things that stood out to me in justice league were, you know, the, the sometimes poorly written dialogue, the, but it, sometimes it, poor CGI, the boring does, exposition. It does rid itself of some of the Justice League flaws, though, like the poor, the poorly timed comedy. I thought the comedy, like the the funnier moments, the lighter moments in this movie, were fit so much better, and it didn't feel like like in in the Joss Whedon cut, it felt like. <gasps> <laughs> It's like he knew. <laughs> he like paused. He was like, "You ready for this?" <laughs> Ye- um, it, it, Leo, no. A lot of a lot of a lot of Joss Whedon's comedy in that cut felt super tacked on and forced. Whereas in this movie, those moments kind of go away, and the but the lighter moments that are either still there or are you know replaced feel like they just kind of fit into the flow of the movie better. See, That's one of the I, improvements I think it made from the original one of the original flaws. I I actually disagree. I don't think that it ridded itself necessarily of flaws, but I think that it added so much on mm-hmm. that it was like in Justice League those flaws took up so much of the film. It took up so much of the runtime, yeah. Whereas in this one, in the Snyder Cut, those flaws are still there, but they are a fraction of what they were. Right. And so I still notice them, mm-hmm. but it's it's so much easier to instead focus on the good. Like, was I annoyed every single time the Wonder Woman theme song played, every single time she stepped on the screen? Yup. 
That drove me, dude. I kind of dug that, that. That drove me batshit crazy. I kind of dug that I music. I cannot stand. I dig I it. Like it. I dig it the first time. Like maybe when you introduce her, I don't need it every single time she's on the she's fucking on, screen. She's on frame. I don't frame. need it. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Okay. So did I still hate that? Yep. But were the scenes where she was on on the screen way cooler? Yep. So yeah. did I ignore it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's how I feel about all those flaws is that uh, it like Snyder had so much to add to this film. Yeah. He had so much to contribute to the story right. and to the into the visual story that the, those small flaws that in other movies can take up so much of our experience. Right. They were they were pretty easy to fade out. Right. Dude, there were, I don't I seriously I still think I still think one of the flaws he improved upon was the humor. Yeah. I think that was like I think that was the one flaw you could point out that was no longer a flaw in the Snyder cut. Like all the moments were like like that scene where like Superman's like, I take it back, I wanna die. And <laughs> Cyborg's like, My toes hurt, is that weird? Like that moment you're like, Why would they why are they saying that? Like <laughs> Who is who is saying this? Who you know, wrote you know that? who was like equally as funny in both though was Barry Allen. Oh, absolutely. He, and that's, he was he he was one of the few bright spots in the first one. But right. Zack Snyder took his character and expanded him out so right. far. We got so much more of that humor that we right. loved about him the first time mm-hmm. around. That's one of those things where he like he took he took the flaw, which was this tacky out-of-place humor, and he put it into the character that it was originally supposed to kind of be with, which is Barry Allen. Yeah. And he expanded on that with, you know, a better arc, with more, like, better, you know, more character moments, better use of screen time, to where all of those comedic moments actually kind of felt like they landed better. Right. Because you kind of felt like you knew Barry Allen a little bit more. Like, that first scene when he saves that girl from that car crash... That's his. That's his introduction scene. Yeah, that is a dope intro scene. Yeah, oh, that was so, cool. So so good. One of the other things I loved about this movie was the the musical choices, the songs they use. It, like they were very n- non recognizable songs, but for whatever they just kind of fit into the vibe of this movie. I'm kind of sad we didn't get Hallelujah. I'm a little bit sad. Yeah, I think. I mean, you'd got it in the credits. Yeah, but like, I think. I think Zack Snyder is one of those guys who probably was like, I used it in such an iconic scene in Watchmen that <laughs> yeah. I can never use it. Ag- it I can never do it again. <laughs> oh god, dude! I was what I thought was so cool about um, the Flash in this movie is that mm-hmm. it, it it also expanded upon like sort of his capabilities, right? And right, and you know, we he was so limited in the Whedon cut. Yeah, and he was he was, so he was essential to their plan in this one. Like this, right, yeah. this their plan, the Justice League does not succeed without him in this movie. Right. And and what's also so cool is like Zack Snyder made Barry Allen so much more than just like a guy who runs fast. Yeah, and that's all he all he was in the first movie was the guy who had the one liners and who ran really fast and like got people out of the well, way. Well, and that that opening scene also establishes him as not only a guy that can move quickly, but how quickly he can think. Like right. the way that his mind works, which is really cool. Right. The, right. the 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 shot that also does that in the first one that turned out to be a Zack Snyder shot by no surprise is mm-hmm. when he notices Superman look yes. at him as yeah. he's running by. Mm-hmm. That one was in the first the the what what, what were we the, calling the the the, the, the Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah. <laughs> that one was in the Justice League. Yeah. And dude that was my favorite shot from the first, oh, from yeah. the original. Oh, absolutely. Where he's running by Superman, and he is obviously the fastest person, if you want to call him that, right. in the world. He's running by Superman, and Superman turns his head and like tracks him as he runs. And yeah. you just see this like confused look on his like, face like, what, the f- what did oh, I? shit. But, but it's cool because he is thinking as fast as he's moving. He right. had time in that moment to be like, what the, what did right. I just, Right. who is that guy? 
it's cool to see him like thinking in real time as the world is basically standing still. Yes. That's and they they expand upon that so much. And they they showed his interactions kind of with time so much yeah. better. The yeah, way well, the way that he works while the world is standing still that's around him. The, that's the thing like the flat the <clears throat> Flash's ability to man, actually manipulate time throughout comics and animated film like it, he is a very very powerful hero. Yeah. And they explored none of that in the Justice League. And then in the Zack Snyder cut, you get all of these amazing moments like at the end where he has to actually he has to turn back time, which is one well, that was close. Dude, that almost came down. Which is one of his abilities. No, Leo. <laughs> one of his abilities, the fact that he can run fast enough to actually reverse the course of time to a degree. Yeah. That's how like that's that's like that plays into like reverse flash and all the like one of the villains one of the main villains in in his chronology of stories is reverse flash mm-hmm. who actually like you uses reverse time to manipulate things like so to actually get that those moments where you actually feel like he has an impact because of how but you also get in those moments you you feel kind of the the uncertainty he has or the the trepidation or fear he has to actually tap into that potential mm-hmm. like at the, in the end he's like all right man you gotta break you gotta do it you gotta break your one rule you know you don't want to do it but you gotta do it like yeah. and it, and he's not allowed to um break the speed of light that's his rule. right his one rule his rule is yeah you can't break yeah you can't break the speed of light because that is in turn that is what ends up you know turning back time or mm-hmm. i don't know the whole physics i haven't well i haven't like because it's, it's not real guys. i haven't read or watched the flash in such a long time but it was so cool to see him have an actual impact i think what's what's so and this might be kind of nearing the end of my thoughts i think what's so cool about what snyder did with his version of the justice league yeah is the the first movie struggled so much with kind of an inco- incoherent story. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was kind of just pieced together. And s- what Snyder did is he took that story and he filled in all of the gaps. Right. He filled in yeah. the gaps of how we got from A to Z. Right. And he filled in the gaps of, of these character arcs that we were completely missing in the right. first movie. Right. The the overall story, it's like you said at the beginning, might remain the same. We right. got to, like, it started the same, it ended the same. Right. Essentially. Right. But but what we got was so much more depth from from characters like Cyborg and, mm-hmm. and Barry Allen and really all of those um those kind of side characters. Right. We got so much more depth out of them. We got a different form of storytelling. Right. Were there still some gaps in the story? Yes. Like you're, yeah. you're telling such a, a big story that spans across, you know, thousands of years. And so many and, characters. And so many and, characters yeah. and so many locations. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot to keep track of. So right. yeah, there, there are still gaps. Right. But, Snyder decided that he was going to give the attention where it was deserved. Right. And it made it so much more fun to watch. Even when we got to parts of the story where I was like, I didn't catch that last part. I don't like, I don't really know what's going on. Right. I was still just enjoying these characters. Right. Um, continue to develop. And he, he put basically five different storylines all together all into one. And, and he did it masterfully where you could enjoy each one. Right. Individually. He, he made this story he made me want to watch the movie again like when i watched the justice league the only reason we did the watch through was because we wanted to have a commentary track because you know that's something we're trying Dude, out when like, we when we got to the end of justice league we were like that's enough like i, I we're like we i'm pretty sure you we like cleaned up and you like left in silence we like picked up there was yeah. nothing else to say about I ne- that movie. i never realized how much i really did not want to watch that movie again until we did that but this movie is so like the fact that i watched this movie and went man there's there i want to see that again like i want to i want to be able to break this down again like really dive into it because i feel like there's so much i meant like that i feel like that's such a huge compliment that you don't you don't think about a lot Oh, did he get some TP? <laughs> I saw a little white strip in his mouth. 
Oh shit! But he, you're. He was like doing the bullet off the roll. <laughs> <laughs> you're right though, dude. Like. Oh what the? Did he just what? get more? Leo. Oh, he knows. Oh, he pulled it from under the door. Oh, Leo, you're gonna. Oh, good boy. Good job. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe you do. <laughs> he, he, pulled, he, straight up, he pulled it out from under the door, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. What? Whew. I don't know how that just happened. I don't know. Today's commercial break is brought to you Dude, by toilet I might, paper. I might have just got played by my dog, bro. He just played me like a fiddle. He played you like a fool. Damn. You damn fool. Damn. Damn. It's weird. All right. You know, I this was going so smoothly. Yeah, and then in the end, it just fell apart. All I what I want to say and like to wrap it up a little is I think you're you're totally right in that Justice League felt like we went from A to C, to F, to H, and then Zack Snyder took B, and E, and F, and G, and whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. He took all those missing keys and was able to slide them in, and it it made everything feel so much more seamless Mm -hmm. and well thought out and actually, like, it felt like a singular vision that was put on the screen, and I thought that was... I thought it was pretty cool. Also, being able to see Batfleck again was yeah, dude kind of dope. Batfleck is good. He is. Like, he's really, really good. good. So is this version of Alfred. Now that we actually get to see him doing something yeah. in the movie, like his all his little character notes were so cool. And I just that was just so lacking in Justice League. And it, you see so much of that in this cut. I mean, there I was mean, a few like completely new characters too, which is it's fun. I mean, they're all side characters, but there's mm-hmm. like there's some interactions that we didn't get at all the first time around, and that's mm-hmm. like that's it's cool that they added so much because it gives like it gives you a reason to go watch Snyder cut, right? Like, and I mean, you could tell that just based off of the length, but like right. some people might complain that the movie's four hours long and I get it. It's a long movie. It is. Yeah. But that gives you like, that gives you an idea of how much was added to it. Right. Where, where you have a reason to sit down and watch all four hours. And honestly it, to me, I, I really felt like everything that was added was an improvement. I don't really, I don't yeah. know that anything that was added felt like it was unnecessary or not worth that added runtime any everything that was added to me felt very worthwhile and very purposeful yeah and i really that was another thing i really i appreciated the fact that all the added stuff felt like it had meaning to it man i am dude i'm so glad that this got made i'm glad i got to see it and i really i really do hope i really really do hope that this convinces Warner Brothers execs to give Zack Snyder another chance because I feel yeah. like Zack Snyder is one of those guys that actually really cares about the story he's trying to tell in this universe and to give him the opportunity to get that trilogy out, to get these next two movies out and fulfill his vision for the arcs that all of these characters have with each other would be really, really well, cool Well, and he also, he also cares about the art that has his name on it. Right, and that's why right. he wanted to do this. And not only that, we we have knocked Warner Brothers so much for sticking their hands into these movies, but also they listen to the fans. And I hope I hope they see that when they listen to the fans, mm-hmm. Snyder gave us what we wanted. Yeah, and I I want to see this this iteration of the Justice League mm-hmm. be successful so that we can have more of that going forward. Right, so we can have more of directors getting free will right. over their over their right. art so we can see more of these studios giving the people what they want right. um because that's i mean really as as movie fans that's mm-hmm. what we're looking right for. as as someone who loves to create things to you know i love you know i, I love writing i love taking pictures like as someone who enjoys doing that and enjoys experiencing that it's 
you know, I'm someone who will always side with the director or the writer. Yes. Right. Because as opposed to the studio, you mean, right? Because I love seeing other people getting to execute what's in their head without Mm -hmm. anyone else saying, we can't do that. This sucks. This, and it seems like Warner brothers got rid of some people who weren't willing to let some creators do that. And they got people on, they, they hired people or people became execs who were a little more inclined to listen to fans or to listen to people who were saying, let these guys, let these guys do their thing. Because as fans, we'll take it in regardless of if it's good or bad, because we want to see what the creator has to say. We don't get like, we don't want to, we don't want to go into a movie knowing that some executives had some big say in this movie and it's completely changed what the original vision was. We've heard that story. And that's why so many times throughout history of filmmaking. That's why for me, when that, like when that light went off in my head where I was like, I'm not really digging this. And then I was like, well, actually like this is, this is the art as Zack Snyder wanted it. Mm-hmm. And then like that completely changed my mindset of watching this film. I was like, this is like, this was his vision. Mm-hmm. This is his, uh, like, this is his way of expressing himself. Right. And if, if, if you can go into a movie understanding that, whatever story you're being told is going to be exactly what the director wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and we've talked about the few directors that do kind of have that, that have that clout there. They have the clout to make whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I wish, like you said, I wish more directors had that because if you can go into a movie knowing that you're going to get the art that they wanted presented to you and not what the studio wanted presented to you. Right. I think you might be more open to what you consider flaws. You might be more open to listening to a story that you might not fully understand. Right. You might be more open to looking at visuals that, you know, are, are kind of distracting to you in Mm -hmm. the beginning, Mm -hmm. because if you can realize that that was the art as it was intended, Right. And not the art as it was filtered through however many times right. before it got right. to your screen. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be way more appreciative of yeah. those things. I think one of the and the last thing I'll kind of touch on. One thing this movie does is, and I think this is another, this is kind of becoming an, a, a general problem with, with fandom and being a fan of, of the things you watch is people are, you know, people are going into movies expecting what they want to happen to happen. And this is a movie where we got so much before it was released of this is what Zack Snyder wanted to be made. This was what he intended. It's his vision. It's his ideas. No one else is getting in the way. So we went in going, I'm going to get to see what Zack Snyder wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for it. If people could go into that with every movie they saw, not going, the studio's mess this up or I want this to happen this way because this is how I think it should happen. If they could go in going, Oh, JJ, this is JJ Abrams vision. This is Quentin Tarantino's vision. And I'm here to experience that. Not especially when not it's my own preconceived notions or the idea that someone else got in the way. Yeah. Right? And especially when it's a story that we're familiar with, because mm-hmm. you can, you can go into a, um, you know, a, a completely, what do they call it when like, when there's no like it's not based off of a book or a sequel or like a just a an independent like a an original yeah an it, original that's story what I was looking yeah for. you can go into an original story and, and kind of not really know what to expect be a little more open to right. whatever is going to be shown to you right but to to go into a movie like Justice League with characters that we are very familiar with ones that yeah. we have seen on screen, you know, dozens of times already mm-hmm. and, and go into it with that mindset of this is going to be a completely new story. Like show me whatever you want to show me. I think that that's where all of this really comes into play is those stories that we already know. We're already sort of familiar with them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that what Zack Snyder did with his version it is so much more important than anything that they could have released the first time around. Right. Like this, right. this version of justice league carries way more weight in, mm-hmm. in the minds of fans in right. Hollywood, in 
you know, the DC mm-hmm. um, universe. And, and it's, I think, I think it could be a turning point and an important one going forward just for this, for the whole franchise for Warner brothers. Right. It, right. it might, we might be looking at this movie a few years down the line and realizing that it was more important than we actually thought. Right. Totally agree. What, uh, I'm going to grade it. You got a grade for it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, man, I'm kind of torn about it. I'm going to go a minus. Dude, I was waffling between. That's high. I was waffling between. I'm going to stick with it. I was waffling between B plus and A minus. Yeah. This movie is it, it legit. Like, I don't even know if I we gr- gave Justice League a grade, but it's like, it, it's a solid, <laughs> it's a solid D for me. Yeah. And I mean, this movie, God, there's just so many things that are so much better. This I has think, happened a few times where I, I like, I watched the movie and I enjoyed it. But then once we sit down and talk about it, and I like actually kind of hash out like that there were everything. There were some actually great parts of this movie. Yeah, and there like, is a lot of greatness when, to be when, had. In this when movie. I like when we sit here and talk about it, and it's happened for bad ones too, where like yeah. I watch a movie and I was like, "That's not great," and then we talk about it, and I was like, "That actually was very shitty." Like it yeah, ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens yeah. both it happens ways. But to the reverse. Yeah. I've like started enjoying this movie just sitting mm-hmm. here talking about it to where, hell, I might watch it again this weekend. I think. I think. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say B plus to A minus. Okay. I think that's. I that might be how I start grading things too. Like it's so hard to just be like. B plus, like it especially yeah, in that like, this movie is so close to being in that A range, but I don't know if I'm like ready to give it that grade. I I think like if I watch maybe if I watch it again, I'd be ready to say, oh yeah, this is A minus. Well, dude, it, great. Like, I think I think it can get there. And and this this is really goes for anybody, not just for us. It can mm-hmm. get there, but you have to be open to it. You have to like right. you have to let this movie convince you that it's an A. Right. Right. And you have to you, like you have to realize it's it's th- it I don't know, dude. It's strange. This the it is. the whole experience of this movie was kinda strange. It was. It really was. Because they're like there was there was so much that I just like can't put a finger on that worked so well. My right. the notes that I took most of them were negatives. Like I, I like pointed out a bunch of yeah. stuff I didn't like about it. Right. But then the things that I did love about it, mm-hmm. when we start talking about it, that's what we talk about for half an hour, 40, 55 minutes. Yeah. It's been close to an hour. Nice. But, and, but it's like, it's those things that I'm watching and I can't really describe what right. it is. Like it right. takes an hour to sit here and talk about it and hash everything out. Cause that's yeah. the only way that I could really describe the parts that were great. Why I loved this movie, despite what I saw as so many flaws. Right, right. I am. I feel very fulfilled. Yeah. After having watched the movie, just you know, in the in in kind of the, in the respect that, I felt like empty after watching Justice League. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh man. All right. I think that's. Hey. Nicely done. I think that's it. We got we got two pods tonight. One was impromptu. One was just a random conversation, and I was like, I'm going to hit record yeah, real quick. Yeah, dude, nicely done, and not a single mommy box joke. No. Well, when we do the watch through, there will be <laughs> a bunch of them. The whole, cut, the whole cut I do for YouTube is just going to be every nope. mommy box joke that comes up. <laughs> no, Gus. Oh, man. All right, well. If you're still here, thank you for watching. Oh, thank I you forgot for, we gotta send them for, out. Thank you I, for I was just gonna, I was gonna, I was dropping know, the man, mic. You're dropping I was the about ball. to cut the recording, bro. Thank you for consuming this in whatever way you do. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, comment, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. We're uh, putting out new stuff all the time. Sometimes it's a little varied. We don't have a set schedule because we do not. Because and I'm starting to think we never will. Because I, just, it's just unless this was our full time job, I would never, we would never be able to to schedule out what we were doing. Things just get in the way, and you know, life happens. But anyway, again, if you're watching there, you know what to do. You're on YouTube, you know what you're doing. If you're listening on any of the audio platforms we're on, we are on plenty of them. We're on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasting, SoundCloud. SoundCloud sends the feed out to Stitcher and uh, apps I don't even know, I didn't even know exist until someone was like, hey, I saw your podcast on this <laughs> app. And I was like, you oh, did? You, why are you using that? You Like, <laughs> what is that app even? Why are you using that to listen to podcasts? Yeah, it's like, why, like, why are you listening to podcasts on what the hell? National Geographic? Yeah, right? <laughs> I wish. It's like I heard it on there. So that's we're, no, that's not a thing. We are we're not on National Geographic. We're not. The best, Gus, the, I need them to know we're not, we're not on, on National, National Geographic. We are not on National Thank Geographic. Thank you. The best way to consume our audio is Spotify and Apple Podcasting. That's yep. the best way for us to track who's listening, what they're listening to, when they're listening. All that we get a we get a lot of good input and feedback from those apps. Um, be sure to leave a five star review. We appreciate that. Again, comment on YouTube. Comment on, you know, what you think about the show on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Can you leave reviews on Spotify? Sure can't. You can just leave a rating. Sure can't. You can't even leave a rating. Nothing. Wow. No wonder Joe Rogan took that deal. <laughs> so Tired of all the criticism. So just uh, give us your your viewership, your listenership, your listeners, your that thing. Yeah. Um, we will be back with. A bunch of I don't know we don't really we don't Godzilla Godzilla I think yeah which did it release today or no it's uh, should should it have I'm pretty sure it's supposed to come out the 25th the 31st pretty sure Wednesday comes go- out Wednesday I googled it and Re- it said the 25th reviews are dropping right now I know um, I tried to watch it today I I looked it up on HBO and it was just like all the trailers and I was not happy yeah it's it's out we're gonna go see that one in theaters though. IMAX maybe? Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look out for the review of that. Um, in conclusion, The Room, as you know, it's the greatest film ever made. No. Shout out. Shouts out the 719 Sea Springs. We love you. Um minus all the blizzard shit. I I'm not I'm Dude, not in, I'm not in love it's with been, that anymore. It's been snowing at least every other day for the last month and a half yeah. and I'm not really happy with it. We had such a mild winter and all of a sudden it was like it's going to snow all the time. Um, but, hey, we're thriving. We're surviving. And we're definitely going to eat some damn cornbread. I don't know. <laughs> Have I shown you that video? I'll show you it after. We'll see you guys next time. Oh, my God. Gus, we didn't – you know what's crazy? What? We went through that entire review. Uh-huh. Didn't even touch on Superman. Didn't even touch on really Aquaman. Mm-mm.